You are listening to episode number nine of the Secondary Science Simplified podcast. Welcome back, teacher. This month's episodes are all about how to balance multiple preps. Last week, we covered the importance of being strategic with where you focus your energy. So make sure to head back and listen to episode eight if you haven't already. Today, we are going to talk specifically about how to lesson plan for all those preps, and I'm going to share with you my five best tips for managing it all. Let's get to it. This is Secondary Science Simplified, a podcast for secondary science teachers who want to engage their students and simplify their lives. I'm Rebecca Joyner from It's Not Rocket Science. As a high school science teacher turned curriculum writer, I'm passionate about helping other science teachers love their jobs, serve their students, and do it all in only 40 hours a week. Are you ready to rock the time you spend in your classroom and actually have a life outside of it? You're in the right place, teacher friend. Let's get to today's episode. Let me start by saying happy Valentine's Day. If you're listening on your way to school the day this airs, know that my thoughts and my prayers go before you as you attempt to gather the attention of a bunch of hormonal adolescents. And if you haven't already, it isn't too late to snag my free Valentine's Day high school science activities. I made one for biology, one for anatomy, one for physics, and one for chemistry. They all come in a short PDF document and are entirely student-centered, meaning virtually no prep for you on your end. You could literally get to school and print them today if you wanted and use them with your students. Just head to bit.ly slash I-N-R-S-V day or click the link in my show notes to join my email list through that link. You will immediately receive an email with a download link. So if you don't see it, check your promo folder, check your junk folder. It should be there right away if you don't see it in your inbox. And if you still don't see it, it may be because you used a .edu email address, so I recommend using your personal address to make sure it gets to you. Now, in general, I'm not a fan of doing things the day of like this, because I think one of the best ways to serve your students and yourself, especially if you're balancing multiple preps, is by being incredibly strategic with how you lesson plan for all of those preps. So today, I'm going to share with you my five best tips for lesson planning when you have three or more preps to help you do that. So first, batch lesson plan. This is so important, which is why I put it first. All of the other tips I'm going to share with you are really only possible if you are doing this first. And so what I mean by batching is doing a lot of the same thing at once. And particularly with lesson planning, I like to batch lesson plan an entire unit of lessons at one time. Why? One, it is so much faster to do it this way. If you are writing all of your lesson plans for cells, your brain is focused on what students need to know about cells and what they need to be able to do in regards to cells. And it allows you to be faster and also more efficient. Secondly, and I think most importantly, It better aligns all of the resources you're using with your students. When you batch lesson plan an entire unit at once, you're really able to look at the whole picture of the unit from where you start all the way to where you're going. And you can really make sure that everything you're doing with students aligns and makes sense and sequence and builds and scaffolds upon the things you've been doing 
as opposed to when you're just kind of making a few days at a time, you just cannot do that as well. So I highly recommend batch lesson planning and again, doing a whole unit at once. Be decisive now. This is the hardest part about batch lesson planning because it's hard to want to commit to a lesson when you're like, well, we'll just have to see how this one goes before we can know what we can do this week. Or I'm just not quite sure. I found this lab online, but I just don't know if I want to do it or yada, yada, yada. Be decisive now. Be reflective later. Make the decisions and stick with them for this first year while you're balancing all these preps. And then be reflective after the unit of, okay, what worked, what didn't, what majorly needs to be changed next year and take note of that. And then you can make those edits in the next future years where you'll be teaching these courses. So first it's batch lesson planning. Second, if you batch lesson plan, then you can stagger big labs, projects, and tests that you're having in all of your different courses. When you are able to stagger your scheduling of big labs that require a lot of prep work for you on the front end, or maybe space in your classroom you don't have of all of the lab prep, or you can stagger projects you're going to have to grade, which take a lot of time, or tests you're going to have to grade that take a lot of time, it makes all of the difference. And don't worry, we're going to talk more about grading for all of the preps in next week's episode, so stay tuned for that. But I love to get a big old desk calendar and I put it flat on my desk. My laptop basically sits on top of it when I'm in school and I color code by class the big things that are coming. And so that way I can make sure there isn't overlap. And again, this is only possible when you're batch lesson planning. So I'll link in the show notes, a really simple desk calendar that I love that allows me to look at the whole month at once. And then I'm also going to link just my favorite erasable pens. This allows you to still color code by class, but also erase and make changes when you need to shift things. And that's the beauty of batching and committing to a unit's worth of lesson plans. It's so much easier if the pacing doesn't go how you expect to make changes when you already have some things set into place. So for example, if a lesson goes a lot faster than you anticipated, you already know what's coming tomorrow. So you can go ahead and push forward if you want. Or if a lesson plan goes more slowly than you anticipated, all you have to do then is inch everything back a day. And it just doesn't become this whole big ordeal of never knowing what's next. You can really look at the unit as a whole, which I love doing. Okay, my third tip for how to manage lesson planning for all of the preps is to make your lessons as student-centered as possible. The more the emphasis is on your students rather than you in your lessons, the better. If you missed it, I want you to head back to episode seven where I interviewed Skipper Coates from The Real Miss Frizzle because she shares super simple and practical strategies for taking one-dimensional teacher-centered lessons that we all have and up-leveling them to make them three-dimensional and thus more student-centered. Because here's the deal. I have personally found that student-centered lessons, one, retain my energy much better because it's not all on me. Two, they allow my students to retain the content better and the skills that I want them to achieve. And three, they can actually be a lot easier for me from a planning perspective because often I found if a lesson is more student-centered, I end up making the lesson plan a lot simpler for the sake of my students. 
as opposed to, I would never give my students a really complicated lab and just send them off to do it on their own. And those types of labs require a lot of prep. I make the lessons a lot simpler when I'm expecting students to be the ones essentially running the lessons. If you're looking for more specific examples of student-centered activities, stay tuned. I'm going to share more examples in an upcoming episode in March, but I promise you the more student-centered your lessons are, the actually the faster you can often make your lesson plans. And again, you're going to be engaging your students better than when you're writing teacher-centered lesson plans. My fourth tip for managing lesson planning is to make copies only once a week and really preferably as few times as possible, maybe once a month if you're really batch lesson planning by unit. We all know the anxiety of being stuck in traffic on the way to school, knowing you still need to print copies for that day or the stress of trying to run to the copier between classes for the next class's materials only to get stuck behind the lit teacher who's making 30 copies of a short story that's 40 pages long. Or maybe you know the rage that I have personally felt that fills you when you do take the time to get up early and get to school at the crack of dawn to make your copies, only to find out when you get there that it takes 20 minutes for the printer to warm up and turn on, and or that the toner is empty and the school office manager needs to order more. Or maybe they have toner, but there's only one person in the building who's authorized to change it out and they aren't in school yet, whatever it may be. Not speaking from personal experience or anything, if you can't tell. But here's the deal. If you're batching, you can totally do all of your copies by unit and it saves all of the headaches from all those examples I just shared with you. Now, if that freaks you out to make all your copies for one unit at once, because you're like, I just cannot commit to that, remember... I really think it's important to be decisive now and reflective later, but you can still chunk it up a little bit smaller and do copies weekly as opposed to by units. I don't know about you, but my units tend to be anywhere from three to eight weeks, depending on how dense they are. So you can chunk it up weekly if that feels better to you. Just pick one afternoon and that's your afternoon that you stay and you make your copies and you knock them out while you catch up on grading or something like that. And this is one reason I really love using a packet organizational strategy when I'm batch lesson planning for an entire unit. This is a strategy I adopted my very first year of teaching because I was at a school where one of my preps was the state EOC exam course, and I was on a team of teachers. There were four to five of us, depending on the year, that were teaching the subject, and they used a packet strategy, so that's where I first learned it. But it has made all the difference for batch lesson planning and really aligning my resources and organizing me and my students really well. And then plus, it makes copies super easy because you're only doing them once a unit. I will link a blog post with more information about using packets as an organizational tool in the show notes if you want to check it out. Last but not least, work smarter, not harder. Do not reinvent the wheel. You do not have to make every single resource from scratch, and you should not be doing that if you're balancing three or more preps. Get resources from other teachers in your department. Even if you're the only one teaching the class right now, who used to teach the class before you did? You never know. Maybe the chemistry teacher actually taught biology 10 years ago. And yeah, maybe 10-year-old biology resources aren't the best resources, but it's something to go off of. You can also get resources from your textbook provider. 
Again, these may not be your absolute favorite resources you've ever used, but there's still something to work off of. Even just having a rough draft of a resource that you can use is a game changer. I also love getting resources on Teachers Pay Teachers because what I love about TBT as opposed to a textbook is it really feels like the resource is coming from a real life person who's been in the classroom and can give me those little setup tips of like, hey, your students are going to get confused on this step. So make sure to tell them X, Y, Z. I love those kinds of tips that you can get in the implementation notes from teachers when you buy on TBT. And then a fourth place I love to get resources from is social media groups like Facebook teacher groups. We will talk more about using Facebook teacher groups with the guests I'm interviewing for episode 11, but these groups can just be such a great resources. So I want you to stay tuned to hear more about how you can use those as well. And again, yes, these won't be as perfect as if you had made all of the resources from scratch yourself, but the goal here is not perfection. It's just not possible when you're balancing three or more preps. The goal here is to do your job so that you can do your best to love your students. And so that comes with just managing lesson plans. And I hope these five tips help you to do that. And I'm gonna keep saying this every episode all month long, but it's because it's so important that you hear me. When you have three or more preps on your plate, you cannot possibly do it all perfectly. And that's okay. Being a great teacher is much more about loving your students where they are and being passionate about your content than it is about having the most well-written and executed lesson plans. But I do hope that these tips help you get started with being more strategic with how you're lesson planning for all of your preps. And stay tuned because in next week's episode, we are gonna talk specifically about managing all that you have to grade when you're balancing three or more preps. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to follow so you never miss an episode. Leave a review and tell all your science teacher friends so they can listen along with us too. And like I mentioned at the start of the show, it is not too late to grab those four fun, free high school science activities that you can use for Valentine's Day. Why not continue spreading the love this month with your students even after the 14th? You can snag these at bit.ly slash inrsvday or by clicking the link in the show notes. All right, teacher friends, that wraps up today's episode. If you're looking for an easy way to start simplifying your life as a secondary science teacher, head to itsnotrocketscienceclassroom.com slash challenge to grab your classroom reset challenge. And guess what? It's totally free. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you here next week. Until then, I'll be rooting for you, teacher friend. <laughs>